Welcome to 45 Forward, the beginning of the rest of your life. Each week, host Ron Roel and his guests discuss topics of interest to many listeners in their 40s and beyond, including retirement, caring for aging parents, health, lifestyle, and more. It's time to think ahead to the next half of your life, and we'll help you plan it with ease. Now, here is Ron Roel. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of 45 Forward. Our mission is to help you, our listeners, from Los Angeles to Long Island, make your second half of life even better than the first. Everywhere you go these days, people are playing pickleball. It's especially big among those age 55 or older who account for more than half the passionate players in this fast-growing game. But with such popularity comes, perhaps inevitably, injuries. According to one recent study, 86% of ER visits related to pickable injuries were from seniors. In today's conversation, we talk with David Newman, an orthopedic surgeon and founder of PopDoc.com, an innovative online approach to help individuals take charge of their joint health, a key to staying healthy, alleviating pain, and avoiding the risk of injury, and not just from pickleball. With more than 17 years of experience treating sports medicine injuries, Dr. Newman will explain how PopDoc.com is a digital tool for rehabilitation, but also can be used in preventative orthopedic programs, as well as joint maintenance and preservation. He'll describe the biggest problems we face with our joints as we age, and some ways we can improve our musculoskeletal functions and alleviate pain. And Dr. Newman will talk about a bit about multi-generational, his multi-generational approach as executive director of the nonprofit Joint Education Outreach, empowering children to have a better understanding of their bodies so future generations can suffer less and assume greater responsibility for their own health and fitness. So now let's meet our guest, Dr. David Newman. David, welcome to the show. So great to be here, Ron. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's great to have you. Um, this is a topic that I'm intensely interested in, um, being an older guy who likes to be active, but recognizing that you must be educated so you don't get injured and and, and maximize your body's usage. So anyway, I, I like to start my shows, a little, you know, but before we just dive into PopDoc, um, a little bit about your journey. I mean, people can go to my website and they can see um, your basic resume, your brief bio, but I'd like them, my guests to give a little bit about their background, their journey. How do they get to where they are today? And you know, what, what motivated them to make the changes that, that led them to uh, where they are? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, um, it, it was a long and winding road, hmm. really. And uh, I think I, I have to credit my my parents. I, I think we had some loving parents who uh, would always let me explore the world around me as a young as a young kid. And my dad was an outdoorsman, uh, engineer by trade, but really you know enjoyed gardening. So we would always garden together. Uh, he enjoyed like creating things and woodworking. So we did a lot of woodworking tool th- type of things. We built structures. Um, he was, as an engineer, he was very creative, whether it's in the household, like fixing an uneven desk or, you know, making a new shelf somewhere. And my mom um, is in real estate. And so she was a very social person and still is. And um, I'm just grateful to have such parents like that. So it, it gave me a good foundation for being social and also liking to use my hands doing things, whether it's gardening or work around the house. Um and, and uh, I, I always uh, was curious about biology and, and the way things worked within the human body. And so it led me down that pathway uh, to study genetics and development at Cornell. Um, and I, I was also able to take some electives like uh, like farm carpentry and, and things like beekeeping. So hmm. I was always I like to use my hands and, and to create and, and, and to solve problems of sorts. Um, and then going to med school was just, uh, I think I was, I must have been like 10 or so where, where I was skiing. I'm, I'm an avid skier. And so I was uh, athletic growing up and skiing was one of the things I like to do. And I was skiing with a friend of mine and she was very tired at the end of the day and ended up going off the trail and, and breaking her femur, which is wow. her thigh bone. And I was probably nine or 10 and she was probably 12 or 14. And, and so. I followed her with the ambulance up to the uh, the hospital. They did surgery on her, and I was just very intrigued by the the tools and the and the way that um, they they used metal implants to like stabilize and, and straighten out the leg. And so it was really, to me, very cool and very like wow. 
so then I, I gravitated towards medicine because I, I you know, I, uh, I think I, I just, you know, felt it was, I felt comfortable learning about the body and, 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 you know, desired to be a, a physician and orthopedics was basically the only thing I wanted to do because I didn't see myself as like a primary care doc. Not that I don't mm-hmm. love them, but I just, uh, felt I wanted to, you know, use my hands in a, in a deeper fashion. So I, mm-hmm. I pursued orthopedics. I was an athlete. I, I, uh, ended up having a few orthopedic surgeries in my life, uh, even before med school, I think I had one on my shoulder and one on my thumb. Hmm. And then, so it was always intriguing to me. And so I, I followed my passion to be able to use my hands and stay social and to help people get better. And, and as an athlete, I, I, you know, studied sports medicine. I did a, an arthroscopic surgery fellowship at Temple University. And, and arthroscopic is essentially small hole surgery using a camera, which is a scope. And mm-hmm. arthro is into the joint. So it's a, basically a camera in the joint is arthroscopy. Mm-hmm. And so the camera would uh, attach to a monitor. So you would see on in large screen the inside of the joint. So it would magnify it like 15%. And it would be on like a big 24 or 36 inch screen. So it became very magnified. Um, and it was very, I loved it because it was, um, it was like playing video games every day. Because mm-hmm. I was, when you go in the joint, it's like a video game. You have to go find the things that are hurting people, whether it was scar tissue, whether it was inflammation, whether it was torn soft tissues, whether the, the structures in the joint were damaged. So it was, it was a, it was a fun little challenge. And, and each, each knee arthroscopy was a little different, even though it was very similar. Um, no matter what sex, what age, what uh, race, it's all the same on the inside. So it was mm-hmm. no matter, no matter what. And the mechanism of injury there's really only four mechanisms of injury, but it really was over time that the, the mechanics of injury became very important to understand what somebody had inside their, inside their body that was ailing them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it's interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you had this opportunity to, from your background uh, and folks who influence your parents to you know, integrate sort of the hands and the mind, because I think that, you know, we separate, out too much these these functions and uh you know i I remember even not in the same capacity but in school they kind of you know shifted you very early and you know away from hand use that was for like you know the trade school kids and i think that you know there there really is a lot to be said about being able to integrate these functions and and you know using your brain in this way and uh you know using your hands and and uh it, it is it's an exciting thing and i'm glad you're doing it i'm glad you're talking about it um, thank you and i just want to make one little point about that sure. hands usage thing so i'm so i'm really unfortunate that it's almost a lost art hmm. i have a couple children i have three children but my youngest barely writes in script or person mm-hmm. they don't teach yeah. that anymore in school so so you're you're missing out on what my hand is writing the word the in script they're just missing out on that fine manipulation and the fine tuning of their fingers and hands and how they connect to the brain so it's a you know instead they're like using their thumbs to text or they're using their thumbs to control a joystick on a on a game on a game console it's um it's sad it's unfortunate and even like you know they're not doing long division too much anymore either they're not like seeing the the numbers line up and, and so I sh- I'm sure the brain is losing some of its, you know, uh, optimization, but maybe it's gaining in other ways. Who knows? But yeah, it, it may be. But it, age, yeah, it, it, it may you be. are using that fine manipulation of your hands, right. and I think it's, you know, uh, it's unfortunate. So I, I try to like my I like I said I have three kids, and I try to like have them do hands-on things around the house, or or if they're cooking, or if they're you know, even sewing or drawing or, or something, even yeah. typing. It's like, right. it's like, you guys, if I, if there's one thing I wish I had done in, in high school is learn how mm-hmm. to type better where I didn't have to look at the keyboard. Cause I think that's in this day and age, that's a, that's a hand mind thing. Right. So if you can do it without looking, you know, it's like playing piano or it's right. like playing an instrument. And so typing is a very similar thing. And I, I, I'm an okay typist now, but I used to, I kind of wish, oh, I wish I could type another 10 words yeah. per minute. It would just make my life a little more effective. Yeah. Well, I, I, yeah, I think you're right. And I think there actually have been some studies. I don't have access to them right on top of my head, but about 
you know, the the loss of of cursive writing, uh, and that uh, there, I think there is some evidence that actually writing improves comprehension as opposed to just you know using oh, a keyboard. It's a, it's a form of active learning. I, I tell yeah. my kids now, I'm like, hey, if you are just listening to a lecture at, at, at school and then you're coming home and you're watching a video. It's a passive learning thing. Unless right. you're doing Q&A or you're writing down the answers, you're you're not going to remember it as well. You just, you're just not. And yeah. so I say, look, because like, like a couple of them are taking like global history and history, which has a lot of different people in different time, er- time eras and who's conquering who to get what from where. It's not very practical like, oh, the kidney filters the blood. Okay, I can see I got kidneys. I know that the blood goes through it, it filters. History is like, okay, you're memorizing some way, shape, or form. So unless you're writing down like what Napoleon did and who right. he was or or anyone, it's mm-hmm. it's to me it's it's a different way of learning. And so active learning is is crucial. And I think writing is an important part of bringing things from your hand into your brain so you can like incorporate it in a different way. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll talk about a little more about that active learning because I know that that's a, you know, a, uh, you know, something important to you and to me as well. I think that if you um, if you're not an active learner all the way through life, you're disintegrating. <laughs> you're a smart man. Yes. Yeah. I, I like to always say your own people should always strive to learn something every day. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. have to be big, but it should be something right. Whether they just reflect on an experience that helps them think about something different. Because once you get stuck in that rut, whether you're sedentary and you're stuck in a chair or you're doing the same thing every day, and you're not learning anything. It's like, you're just like a machine. Right. But we need to learn to like continue to grow. Um, so I, I am always practicing on uh, something and I'm learning yeah. something and I'm, and I'm usually sharing it with my, my family through text or saying, yeah. hey, did you see this little article? Did you see, look at this? Right. So, and they get annoyed a little bit. I'm like, look, you know, it's okay to think of something other than your studies right now. Let's think about the, the bee population or let's think about, uh, you know, a, a, a natural disaster in another mm-hmm. land right. just to kind of like, understand how fortunate we are or how how things can change so quickly yeah. in our life right so speaking of active learning in your own process um you know you you obviously were doing quite well as an orthopedic surgeon in your in your sports medicine practice but you decided to make a shift to do pop doc so what what motivated you to do that what what was your thinking behind uh taking that leap? yeah so so you know i i I always I consider myself a a curious person who likes to think on the in the cutting edge of things, whether it's uh, you know what to eat or how to dress or what to you know listen to, and uh, and it's the same way with like okay this thing called technology. So back you know when I was in college, like the first Apple computer came out. I'm older than I maybe look, and so huh. it's it, so. It was just interesting to see, and now, now with technology coming, especially for me, I did a lot of surgeries on people, uh, shoulder, knees, and ankles, and so getting surgery is really just using your hands. You're almost like a technician inside mm-hmm. the operating room, but that is not what determines outcomes, right? Outcomes are derived by how the patient feels and what the what their pain level is, what their function level is at six or nine months after a surgery. And a tremendous part of that is is, is dependent on physical therapy mm-hmm. or doing therapeutic exercise to get better, to optimize after whether it's just an ankle sprain or a big major surgery. They're both very similar. And we don't really get into like, you know, how people get hurt and what it means when you get hurt and, and the process the body goes through. But PopDoc came around as like, oh, you go to therapy and we can't determine how good the therapist is, what they tell the patient how motivated the patient is, what they do in those three to five days when they're not in physical therapy, what do they do? Do they do nothing? And, and therefore, so it came out to be like uh, a home exercise program. So it, it came, it, it started almost before the, not before the internet, but before they had like, oh, digital therapy. And it became a book first. Hmm. It was like my, a doctor of physical therapy, a friend of mine and myself, we sat down and said, let's make a book about getting better, like right. a recovery recovery and or prevention tools, which is really mm. just exercise. And so that's how it kind of came out as a hobby type of thing. And then we ended up writing a book and then, then it ended up being like more of a online media, like a digital type right. of asset. 
And right. so it's grown into like more of a digital asset now. And it it was POPs is a, is a dual acronym, but now it's, it has like four or five meanings. But POP is post-operative program documents ah, okay. or preventive orthopedic program documents. But okay. now it's more like it now more it's more like uh, pro, uh, pro progressive orthopedic program direct your own care DOC. Uh-huh. So so as a digital oh. therapy, you get to direct the care that you want, and you get as much out of it as you put in. You the I individual, see. right? And so PopDoc became a. a a website and an online tool for digital therapies in the musculoskeletal space. And I know you use that word at the very beginning of mm-hmm. the introduction, and that's a big word. So a lot of big words right. turn people's brains off or they scare people. So part of what I do in my daily life now is educate people about, uh, as if they were lay people, about medical terms around the muscle, bone, and joint system of the body. Right. So and that, I also no. included the neurological side. And we'll, I'd like to, I know we, we are um, potentially taking a break, but, yeah. you know, I'm very passionate. I can talk all day and night about this huh. kind of stuff. And I know we've only touched the tip of the iceberg so far. But we have uh, two more segments to go. So we're going to, folks, we're gonna, we are going to take a short break, David. But when we come back, folks, we'll be talk, talking much more with David Newman. So don't go anywhere. Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to the soul of enterprise, business in the knowledge economy, with co-hosts Ron Baker and Ed Klass. Ron and Ed will show you how to recognize that wealth is created by intellectual capital. It's all in the possibilities that we can create and that are created for us. These possibilities are destined to be discovered by human imagination and through the service of others, creating a brighter future for all of us. The Soul of Enterprise is heard live every Friday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for you. You're listening to 45 Forward. To reach Ron Roel or his guest on the program, please send an email to ron.roel at gmail.com. That's ron.roel at gmail.com. Now back to 45 Forward. Welcome back, folks. So we're talking with David Newman, the creator of popdocs.com. He's a physical therapist and orthopedic surgeon and a man of many ideas and talents. Uh, before the break, we were talking about um, uh, just uh, popdoc.com. <laughs> it's a little bit of a tongue twister for me. But um, uh, uh, in terms of you know what it basically offers people. But, so let's uh, take a little bit of a deeper dive on that in terms of, you know, so talk a little bit about the program. You know, I know it involves exercises. It involves some. Um, uh, you know, uh, a, a programmatic approach um, that people yeah, can sure. uh, can use in, in in their own way. Um, yeah, thank you for that. And and you know, PopDoc is an is is a like I, we were discussing a little bit like a dual acronym, and so it, it's there's a dash in between the pop and the doc. So for those people looking for it, it's, it's pop docom And I'm a huge advocate of education, and so I. I which is part and parcel why my nonprofit started, which is joint education outreach. So understanding your joints, whether you're 12 or whether you're 30 or whether you're 80, understanding your joints and how they function is like, oh, if I do this, I might hurt myself. But if I do this, I might feel better. So educating people about, okay, 
if I just have pain in my knee, why would I go for a run? Does that make any sense intuitively? People are like, oh, let me just run through this pain. Sometimes right. it's not about running through the pain. So the more you know about your body, the better you can uh, take care of it, especially as you age. Because uh, as we age, um, we don't uh, bounce back from injury that well. We get a little more stiff. We get a little more inflamed. We have less healing potential. So the Pop Talk website has a ton of like tips and suggestions because I'm I can't I don't practice medicine on the internet. That's that's not legal, and nor do I give medical advice. But it's just really tips and suggestions about what to do if you have joint pain. That's called being preactive, and it's P R E A C T I V E. Being preactive before you're active, meaning you have that joint pain, take a step back, learn what each of the letters in preactive mean. So mm -hmm. it's educational. And then it also goes through the anatomy a little bit of the shoulder and the knee at least. Like so it's a good anatomical. Let me let me learn from a doctor about lay terms to like say, oh, what is the articular cartilage? What is it? Or what is the labrum? And so these are just words that describe some of the soft tissues around some of the joints. And then it has the exercise program. So the version that's up on, on the internet is really a, a direct-to-consumer version, meaning if you want to like increase your mobility or your motion or your flexibility or your strength or the firmness of your muscles, you can pick up some exercises that are joint-specific, meaning it's an ankle or a knee or a hip or an elbow or a wrist or a shoulder or a neck or a back. And you can like, you know, pull down exercises that come to your phone and let you do them at your own time in your own space and they're all still images that are linked together in a gif animation so they're very easy to follow they're very technically precise and there's also written text uh in english or spanish to like help people read about what they're doing and then actually just do it so that and then it, it so that's kind of the overview of of, of what pop doc is so yes the exercise platform is the biggest asset but it also is chock full of educational material so you who owns you know uh 640 muscles and 126 uh joints um is you can take control of them you can direct right. your own care and you can like uh i like to say age gracefully because mm -hmm. yes like and i like the way at the beginning you brought up pickleball and how it like you know, ER visits went up tremendously. It was like $150 million increased healthcare expenditure due to pickleball. Right. So people who are like are relatively sedentary, who haven't played tennis in a while, and, and they're like, oh, I can play pickleball. Meanwhile, they do one or two twists too much or impacts with their feet, and they, they weren't ready. They didn't stretch out, or they don't have the muscle coordination or strength, and therefore they get hurt. And if they're over 60 and they get hurt, well, there goes their pickleball for a little while. And then this stuff called inflammation sets in where you get swollen and warm and stiff and painful in that joint. And you're like, whoa, what, what's going on here? And then all of a sudden they're limping around, they're hobbling around and the rest of their body says, whoa, whoa, you're out of alignment. You're yeah. like your, your, your ankle, your knee, your hip, your shoulder, whatever it might be. Yeah. And so it's very, uh, you know, it's great to stay active and get on the pickleball court and be social and, and, get a little workout but heaven forbid if you like twist your ankle because you weren't ready or you're trying too hard or you yeah. weren't you just weren't ready yeah frankly yeah two things jump out of me david what you're saying first of all i think this is really important stuff because um people just don't think about joints <laughs> as you and i've talked about you think about them after something happens you don't think about them the educational piece isn't there at the beginning um and, um, you know, so you, people, they don't think about it. They're thinking our, our focus is on muscles, but we don't think about, well, what's the relationship of them, of joints to muscles and cartilage and how do these things work together? And most of, um, I think my injuries, um, have been joint related, you know, it's, it's, um, from, from lack of exercise or, 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 or just, you know, um, bravado you know doing things that i haven't done before as you mentioned and oh i could do that no you can't um so i i think that you know talking about the joints and educating people about the joints is a really critical thing and i was going to talk about it later but i think i wanted to jump in now about your nonprofit because i think it, it's certainly important for um my audience which is 
generally, you know, 45 forward. But mm-hmm. but the mm-hmm. earlier we start thinking about these things, you know, as kids, educating our kids, you know, I think the, the more important that is. So t- just let's jump into that a little bit and we can shift back to some of the. Uh, yeah, sure. No, I, I appreciate that. Thank you. So joint education outreach dot org. It's it's actually jointeducation.org mm-hmm. is is a nonprofit I started uh, I guess three or five five years ago or so and and what it it serves to do is to educate the uh, young people about their musculoskeletal system and so it's a big word but it means the muscles bones and joints of your body and because in the in the uh, I live in New York City and the New York State curriculum does not. Uh, health curriculum doesn't really deal with it doesn't there's not a requirement to learn about the muscles bones and joints of your body yes it is there's some push to stay active there's some requirements for pe and that's only like 90 minutes a week or something like that and i cover this in my ted talk that i wrote that i that i created and and, and was able to do um really right when covid came out it was about uh Empowering children one backpack at a time. I think it was oh, called. Um, it's on. It, the link is on the on the Pop Doc website, and it's it's, okay. it's on the TEDx channel too. Um, but it's really about uh, joint education outreach because when kids understand, you know, what makes them jump, or what hap- like what happens when uh, they hurt themselves playing soccer, or playing sports, or even falling off the curb or even a lot of people fall off jungle gyms as little kids and all of a sudden they break their wrist or they break or their elbow. And so they're in a cast. And so these things are, are really important to know uh, so they can understand the activities they do and maybe the risks or how to excel at these activities without failure. Um, so joint education outreach is for any, any kids, but we, we focus on underserved children in New York City and even in the country because it's a, it's a presentation that we bring in live to the classroom and mm. it comes with models and uh, posters about joints and we have a nice discuss, a lively discussion about it and, and just really learning about you know what the articular cartilage is, what a meniscus is, what a tendon is, what a ligament is. Because it all comes together in the joint, but we perceive pain, whether you're 10 or 90, through the nerves. And so the nerves are, are, are interplay between our brain and our musculoskeletal system. And so as uh, what's come into light in the last several years is this thing called fascia, which is like that meshwork that runs through your organs and through your joints and through your muscles and over your bones that run from the tip of your top of your skull to the tip of your fingers and all the way down to the tip of your toes and all in between. So that is the, that's the meeting place and the coordination place between your nervous system, which is your brain and your nerves and your, and your musculoskeletal system, which is your muscles, bones, and joints. Mm -hmm. So that all comes together. The nerve endings in your fascia, there's, there's around 10,000 per square inch and it's much more innervated than any, any other, uh, soft tissue in your body and someday mm. I'm, I'm pretty sure it'll be called an organ because it, it it does regulate so many things like balance coordination um balance and coordination let's say so posture mm-hmm. as well so posture balance and coordination the things that you that you can practice and get better at them but they don't just come intuitively for everybody right so right. the integration of the nervous system into the musculoskeletal system is the fascia system. So our version two at PopDoc is really some what's called fascia training. Hmm. So it's not overcoming injury through fascia manipulation. It's more like training your fascia so you are stronger, more balanced, have decent or better posture, and ultimately you are functioning better as a human being. Whether right. you're playing pickleball, playing golf, gardening, or just aging gracefully through the things that make you feel good, cooking, shopping, dancing, your fascia is all, you know, working. It's all, it's all part and parcel to your function. And the secondary gain of fascia training is less pain. Mm -hmm. So it's not primary. It's a secondary gain. Primarily you have more confidence walking down the stairs fast or balancing in case it's slippery out 
or, or walking up graded surfaces or downgrade mm-hmm. or hiking, let's say. So the balance is a fascia, it's a fascia optimization. It's like you're, you're fine tuning your fascia to be well balanced mm-hmm. because being well balanced, it allows you to do your activities of daily living, whether it's even getting in and out of a chair five or six times, if you're at a concert or a sporting event or going up and down stairs, if you live in a house with stairs, you want to be able to do that without fear of falling over. Right. And so fascia training is really, uh, we're ju- we as, as, a, as a medical community are just touching the surface on like, how best can we educate people about their fascia system and then right. integrate it into their daily life? Yeah. You know, as you were talking earlier, I just, I, I like the, the metaphor sort of when you were talking about joint education uh, outreach, first about the joints themselves. And then the kind of metaphorical, a joint enterprise between adults and children and, and really all generations to, to learn about the joints themselves. Because I think that's really key because um, in our previous conversations, you and I talked a little bit about pain. And I wanted to get back to that because that's something that really is is something that uh, is one of my pet peeves in terms of how we treat pain in our society, which is basically covered up. You know, just, oh, Sad. and yeah, you mm-hmm. see, you know, I'm, I'm not picking any specific commercial, but many of them are just about, oh, you're in pain. Oh, don't worry. Just take this and keep working. Like, don't think about what's going on, what's causing the pain to alleviate it. Just get through it and keep going. And guess what? It'll be there when you wake up again, you know. So talk about, you know, uh, we have a couple minutes left before the break, but just let's start about, you know, your view of, uh, you know, having people get to the source of pain and deal with it that way. Yeah. I mean, you're talking like an Eastern medicine practitioner and here in, here in the West, unfortunately, we are so ingrained to, all right, let's throw some medicine, let's throw some injections, let's throw some surgery at this thing called pain. And if you have heard of John Sarno and back in the day where he was mm. almost kicked out of the medical world because of these saying, oh, pain is all up here. It's all in your brain. It's all in your brain. It's tension myositis syndrome. It's, it's just a syndrome because you, you don't know how to, your, you cannot coerce your brain to not feel that noxious stimuli of pain. So pain is all delivered by your nervous system. Mm-hmm. There's little tiny wires that run from your brain through your neck down your spinal cord through your axial skeleton as you go down and and then it shoots out little tiny wires to the tips of your fingers and the tips of your toes so there's nerves when you touch a hot fire your your nerves in your finger say hey they send you a signal to your brain saying pull that hand away from that that's bad but it also the nerves are also there to help you hold your cup of coffee and they tell you, oh, hold it here, put it back on the shelf eight inches above your head or whatever it might be. So your nerves are two-way communication devices for that main computer, which is your brain. So when you get a noxious stimuli, whether it's somebody, whether you slept on your arm wrong and you get numbness and tingling, or you touched a hot stove, or you just cut your finger on with a knife, or you just twisted your ankle and stretched out or tore a ligament, those nerves then send back signals to your brain, and they're very different types of pain. There's There's that throbbing, numbing, shoot, shooting, stabbing, vibrational pain. Uh, there's, there's very many qualities of pain. So it comes in so many flavors that, yes, it's important to get rid of it as fast as it comes because nobody, not many people like pain. But pain comes in so many different ways. And so uh, acutely injured are those people who have to stop what they're doing because they were just injured. That's different type of pain than if you've had the same pain for three to six months. That's like a chronic thing. And your body just gets caught up in this vicious cycle of, oh, that hurts. I'm not going to do it. Or that hurts. Give me a pill. So there's been more opioid deaths in, in this year than ever, even though we've, we've physicians are prescribing less. So it's right. just people are just so hooked on it. And now these, unfortunately, these people who just like to create havoc are creating this like synthetic opioids and they're putting them in like candy and they're putting them in things. And so you, you, and and opioids, what they do is they, they, they suppress your breathing, your ability to breathe. So you stop breathing, you stop getting oxygen, you die. So when you get respiratory depression due to too many opioids and everyone's different as far as what too many means that that's, that, you know, that, that sets you up for failure. Right. Big time. Yeah. And your yeah. body, almost, it's like it, you get addicted like you would to like alcohol right. or like you would to certain things. Right. Um, but, 
So let's so, yeah. just uh, hold up for one second. Uh, we'll 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 take a pause on pain. Uh, we're going to take another short break. Uh, but folks, uh, we'll be talking much more in our last segment with Dr. David Newman. So don't go anywhere. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Today, many doctors prescribe basic pharmaceuticals to their patients who aren't feeling well or have various aches or pains. Is this the right course of action for all patients? We don't think so. Find out about healthy, natural ways to help you feel your best by tuning in to the CBD Ed Show with host Ed Cheney. Ed and his guests will explain full-spectrum CBD using the whole hemp plant for good health and answer all of your questions about CBD and natural treatment in general. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Variety. Want to see what Voice America is up to behind the scenes? Follow us on TikTok at Voice America Talk Radio. You're listening to 45 Forward. To reach Ron Roel or his guest on the program, Please send an email to ron.roel at gmail.com. That's ron.roel at gmail.com. Now back to 45 Forward. Welcome back, folks, to 45 Forward. We're talking with Dr. David Newman, the creator of popdoc.com. Uh, before the break, we were talking to David about uh, 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 basically pain uh, and how people, you know, mask pain. They don't go to the source of the pain. Um, and uh, that's, you know, what we're trying to do in this program is to basically get people to think about how the joints are related to the muscles and and and, uh, and think about that as opposed to just taking a pill. Um, so I wanted to just uh, spend a couple of minutes talking about some of um, David's observations about the the um, so, some of the major stresses on the body where they are. I mean, I've had them on the shoulder, which is, I guess, a complicated area involving lots of joints and muscles and tendons and ligaments. Um, are, are, are there shoulders and knees? Are there certain areas that you deal with a lot? Uh, yes. So, um, as a uh, so, just to kind of clarify a little bit in the back regard, we talked about pain. We're, I'm just talking mainly about physical t- pain, right. right? There's there's a ton of emotional pain going right. out there. Right. The trauma people have and the emotions that it, and, and pain can be certainly secondary to a traumatic, emotionally traumatic event. But I'm really mainly as an orthopedic surgeon, I deal with physical pain, but right. I know that physical pain negatively impacts your emotional well-being. And so it is important to deal with the physical pain as fast as you can, you know? And so... Um, I think that's just an important facet as far as um, understanding what we're talking about here. And uh, the muscles, so the nerves are what transmits pain, but the, the, the joints and why they're so important and so fragile is because if there's no nerve supply in certain aspects of the joints, then they're not going to know if they're hurt. Mm-hmm. And if there's no blood supply, so the, if we are, if let's say you, you sprain your ankle, so you stretch out this little rope that holds the bones together. They're called the ligaments. You stretch it out, and it, and it gets microscopically torn. So uh, the, the a rope has many fibers. So if two or four fibers tear, they're still going to bleed, and they're still going to cause pain and inflammation. Right. Right? And so there are certain structures inside the joints called the surface of the bone or the articular cartilage or the chondral surface that has no nerve supply. So it doesn't know if it's hurt. Mm. Plus, it has no blood supply directly. So in order to, let's say, if you cut your skin, you heal that skin because blood comes and brings the cells needed to create a scar, to stop the bleeding, and to heal up the wound. 
But if you don't have blood supply, you can't, number one, clean out the damage in the dead cells. Right. And number two, clean out the metabolites from the ailing cells. But number three, you can't bring new cells and new factors in there to help grow, heal, and recover. So when the articular cartilage gets overpressured or split or torn, it doesn't want to heal. Hmm. So to those people who like to just run through the pain, even though they might have knee or hip pain, just like keep run, 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 run through it, maybe they're creating anywhere a continuum from a bruise to the surface of the bone to a split to an actual flap of tearing to actually shearing off the entire surface of the bone. The trouble with that, it never grows back. Hmm. I mean, never grows back. We have yet to find a solution to regrowing the native articular cartilage. Hmm. We can take some out and grow it in the lab and put it back in your body, but it still is not the exact thing. It doesn't have the same mechanical properties, doesn't hold up as long. And so uh, being mindful of your joints is so, so important, whether you're 12, 14, 18, or as, since this is 45 forward, 45 and older. You mm -hmm. might have had an old surgery. You might have had an old car accident or work accident or sports injury. You didn't have surgery, but you still your your joints are not perfect because they have some scar tissue. They got some wear and tear. You might have a sedentary job where you're sitting on your behind and and your low back is getting stressed out, uh, or maybe you have a few more pounds than you than your body frame can deal with, and so you're putting extra forces across your ankles, knees, and hips every step you take. And every mm. jogging run you do or every time you go up and down stairs. And so you are setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, for yeah. all those conditions. And some you couldn't some you couldn't uh, you know, you can't avoid them. Like let's say you're an avid athlete and you're thirty and you're playing softball or football or soccer and you hurt yourself. Well, you're an athlete, so athletes get hurt. Or if you're you know, struck from behind in a motor vehicle and you get whiplash or you jam your knee against the dashboard. You didn't mean to do that. That wasn't anything you could do. Or you're at work and you slipped and fall on a wet floor because of the, you work in a wet environment. You couldn't prevent that. That was just one of those things that happened. So you can't blame yourself for stuff like that. However, yeah. there are things you can do, I'd like to think, to optimize your recovery, to make you get as good as you can be. Right. And that might mean, okay, like for me, for instance, I tore my ACL playing soccer uh, as a 40-year-old. And I'm mm -hmm. like, okay, my soccer career stemmed from like when I was five years old to 40, and I had a lot of fun doing it, but I'm not going to play again. So I tore my ACL. I got it fixed. I tore my meniscus too. I got it fixed. And I say, all right, soccer was great. I could still find love in life without playing soccer. Mm -hmm. Same kind of thing. I was playing hockey. I was uh, roller hockey and ice hockey. Fell on my shoulder, kind of tore some structures, couldn't carry my kids around. I'm like, I need surgery which was, you know, painful. That shoulder surgery mm -hmm. is, is quite painful. But right. I'm like, all right, hockey was great. I'm not going to play anymore. I'd mm -hmm. rather do things in my control so I can age gracefully and still be active, be healthy, be happy, <laughs> but not play those competitive team sports right. that, I, that I was playing when I, you know, injured myself yeah. permanently. Like my yeah. knee still bothers me sometimes. My shoulder still clicks once in a while. And so I'm like, all right, I'm going to maintain my mobility my flexibility, and ultimately my strength of the muscles around the joint that's not perfect to help me optimize my function and to help me age gracefully. Let's talk a little bit more about that, Dave, because I think that, so there are certain things that you're talking about that I think that, you know, things happen to you through injuries. Uh, and then, then there is sort of the what I would call microaggressions in my body. <laughs> so I, I, Yeah, I, micro, micro trauma. I like to call them micro trauma, yeah, but yes, yeah, that's, that's yeah. exactly it. And and that was so for me that came from you know shoulders and uh, hips and mm -hmm. um, from what from from sedentary work from yeah yeah you and, and not, you did disclose that that you were you were sitting for a, a longer period than usual because you had a deadline to meet and so right. all those muscles that you use those are your postural muscles the ones that keep you in a comfortable and biomechanically safe position. They fatigue out. They get tired right. over time when you sit for so long. And all of a sudden, there's there's different stresses on those joints. And the joint is the coming together of two or more bones to create motion. Those right. are really the joints we're talking about. So those right. little joints in your low back, if you start lurching to one side and sitting because you're right-handed or left-handed dominant, and you like lean over during this all this writing you're doing or you're reading too much, 
your back muscles and your upper back muscles, your posture muscles, they get tired. They get fatigued. And so when they get fatigued, you get altered stress across these soft tissues, and they're delicate, some of them. And so the nerves get woken up, and they get tweaked, and they start sending signals to your brain that you got this Mm -hmm. dull, achy pain. Or if the muscle goes into spasm, then you got this real big spasm pain in your back because the muscles essentially got too much CO2 in them, too much (laughs) lactic acid, and they just fail. Yeah. So I'm sure if anybody watches like professional sports, people sometimes, you know, get those cramps and they all of a sudden just on the ground, just stretching out that, that spasm muscle. Right. It's all, that's really just to overuse fatigue. There's no mm-hmm. traumatic, there's no macro traumatic. I like to, I like to go macro traumatic, micro traumatic. You said the microaggressions. So right. macro is things that like, boom, you just fell from a height and you just broke your ankle versus micro, which is, oh, I've been sitting at this computer for 45 minutes. I'm getting, I'm, I'm like, in spasm, I can't even like sit still anymore. Mm-hmm. So, so how do you pro prolonged sitting is defined these days by sitting in one position for more than thirty minutes. So uh-huh. anybody with a sedentary job, they should really try and get up for two to five minutes every thirty and just walk around the office, do a few heel raises, you know, stretch their arms up to the ceiling, just to get that blood flow and just to get yeah. the wake the fascia up and just kind of like kind of take your bot change your bodily position. Get out of that seat walk around because those sits bones and the muscles that hold your buttocks up and they, they, fa- they want to fail because, mm-hmm. you know, they want to fail because not all chairs are great. Ergonomics, which is a term that people use in the workplace. Not everybody has great ergonomics. Not everybody has a great computer where they can look straight ahead or a little bit right. down right. They're looking up or they're looking too far down. It kind of stresses their upper back and their neck. There's a lot, you know, there's more ways to get hurt than not get hurt. Mm-hmm. So the best way to do it is, all right, I'm going to stretch out every day. I'm going to stay strong. I'm going to be smart. I'm going to get enough rest. I'm going to be hydrated. I'm going to eat a balanced meal. And I'm going to, I'm going to just have a positive mindset that I can do the right thing. So these are some of your thoughts. Yeah. So these are some of your thoughts on aging gracefully. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. Right. So let's expand on that. All right. So, so these are some of the components that, that fit into your physical exercise um, uh, components, right? I mean, yes. mm -hmm. It's like, it's, you know, so it's, I like to, I, I look at it as po- upon like there's lifespan and then there's health span. Mm-hmm. So 45 and older, which means we've had our fun being <laughs> a reckless teenager and being a hardcore semi elite athlete and maybe even a semi pro. Mm-hmm. Or we've been unfortunate and had like a work accident or a car accident in our life where we weren't like expecting it or even an accident at home. Like you've heard many where like you're up changing a light bulb and you fall off a chair and it right. and, and sets you back or you needed surgery. You didn't yeah. mean it. It just happened. So by 45 to 50, you're getting to that spot where like, okay, when I got this, I can't get out of bed in the morning. I, I, I want to play with my kids. I want to like go, from, you know, I want to stay active, but then it's like, Oh, I did that. Now I'm down. I'm hurting. So I like to, I like to, as we age, it's either lifespan versus health span. Mm-hmm. The lifespan is heaven forbid you have a cancer, stroke, heart attack, dementia. You're still alive for mm-hmm. most of those, but you might not be a person who has uh, got energy, is social, is smiling a lot. Right. Or maybe you are dependent on, like, heaven forbid, a respirator or an oxygen tank or a cane or a crutch or a walking boot or let's say seven to ten pills that's Mm -hmm. some life to live but it's not health span health span is living at an optimal highly functioning state of being for a very long time until the very end whether it's like 85 or 105 so you can achieve a longer health span through let's say diet which is eating the right foods, mm-hmm. quality and quantity, hydration. So seventy right. percent of Americans are dehydrated. So that's slowing. That's I look at it as the oil to your car. So right. if, if all your organs, including your joints, including your kidney, your liver, and your brain, if it doesn't have enough hydration, it can clog up, and right. so that's not good. So diet, hydration, rest, getting enough sleep to allow your body to recover, mm-hmm. or if you're an avid exerciser. Letting your body, like if you do biceps for like a day or two, stop for three or four days. Don't, don't right. just keep on hitting them because what happens is they can, you know, they have to let them rest and recover. They're, they're bound to fail. And when they fail, when you're over 50, it takes a longer time to get better. Right. So, right. so sleep, sleep, hydration, diet, nutrition, 
um, exercise. Exercise. Like, right. Forget about just like walking. I mean, walking. Yes, that's good. I'm not saying I'm not saying taking anything away from walking. It's very good for your heart and for your lungs, and it might build a little bit of bone strength, but it doesn't really build muscle strength. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really work out muscles that have to move in different planes, right. like moving your ankle in and out or moving your hip out and in, like opening your legs and closing your legs, crossing your legs. You don't do that when you walk. Right. So strengthening, so flexibility, having good full range of motion, and then making the muscles strong so they can create power and they have this thing called endurance that they can like allow you to walk for 10 miles instead of just one. So that's endurance. So strengthening is is an important aspect. And then mindset. Like, yeah, not everybody's going to have a perfect day all the time. So bouncing back and being resilient after you have a short, a a small failure, like, oh, I just, uh, I was uh, five minutes late to work or I forgot something at home. Yeah, short failure. But your mindset could be like, okay, I will do better. I I will. So it's always a process, right? So you you can master yourself over time. Right. But but no one's, you never really master it, but you want to work on those little things to make you, uh, you know, age with uh, as happy and, and as, as much fun as you can have to right. uh, get it all done. So there's right. a lot of things that, that right. we brought up today. Uh, so un- unfortunately, yeah. we, we have a lot more we can talk about and we'll have to have you back for another session, but we're coming to oh, the close. It would be awesome. Because I, we're, we're Ron, I think with- you have a. You have a lot going on, and I'm I'm really happy to be here, and I appreciate the opportunity to talk with you. Well, today. just w- one more time, people want to reach you, David. How do they reach you? Yeah, so um, D Newman is N E U M A N at at pop. It's p o p dash d o c dot com. That's the most reliable way. I'm on LinkedIn okay. as well, and and uh, I'm on Facebook, but I don't really use it. Okay, but it's really just uh, you know direct communication. Okay, and I, I'm. You know, I believe that healthier joints okay. make happier people. Great. Okay, listen, on that note, uh, um, we, we've got to go, but I, I thank you for a terrific show. And, folks, uh, we'll be back next uh, Monday at 12 noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. Uh, so uh, we'll be talking to Nicole Christensen of Care Answered. So until then, keep moving forward, 45 forward. Thank you for tuning in to 45 Forward. Please join your host, Ron Roel, for another great show next Monday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We wish you a great week.